Welcome to the Sales Engagement Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Outreach, the leading sales engagement platform, helping companies, sellers, and customer success engage with buyers and customers in the modern sales era. Check out salesengagement.com for new episodes, resources, and the book on sales engagement available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble or wherever books are sold. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hey, everybody. My name is Sean Gentry coming to you here from Outreach. Today, we are joined by Amit Chandarana here, who is the SVP of Sales and Business Development from Roadster. And this is the Sales Engagement Podcast. Um, We've blocked about 10 or 15 minutes to dive in and learn a little bit more about his business. And I'll let you take it away. So if you want to do a quick introduction, Amit, then we'll, we'll dive in here. Sure, Sean. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. As Sean mentioned, uh, I'm responsible for essentially the sales or commercial operations at Roadster. For your audience, in case they don't know what Roadster is, is it okay if I just give them a brief overview? I would, uh, I would love that. That'd be great. Cool. So Roadster is categorized as a digital retailing platform. We certainly consider ourselves an omni-channel commerce platform, and we sell software to car dealers and car companies. So think about the uh, arduous approach it is to buying a vehicle and how Carvana and Tesla have really made it much easier. We offer that exact same technology to your average new car dealer. So your Toyota dealer around the corner, Mercedes-Benz dealer up the road. And then we digitize the entire sales process online within their website and in-store. We make a lot of magic happen in that software. We put it all together and we license that to uh, car dealerships. Yeah. And I got to tell you, you know, I've done a little bit of research on your company. Absolutely love the concept. Uh, As a recent car buyer myself, I definitely think that things are shifting in the right direction, especially with the digitized world and online buying. And it seems like you guys have been part of this wave of companies really jumping on kind of that online digital format when it comes to car buying. And you have a background in the automotive industry. Isn't that correct? I do. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're certainly Silicon Valley based. We're a tech company at its core. I am not. I'm, I'm certainly the guy that is more of a proxy of the automotive industry. Uh, I spent uh, 13, 14 years with the OEMs, with Toyota for the most part and Lexus. And then after I departed and, and did a couple other stints, I joined Roadster as a startup. Again, to your point, we've been doing this for quite some time in, in you know, three and a half, almost four years, which is really a, a long time if you think about what we do and some of our competitors or our complementary product offerings. We've been in this for quite some time and our genesis was slightly different. We, we actually sold vehicles directly, kind of like Carvana, like CarMax, like Vroom and some of these other ones you've heard of. Yep. Uh, and then we, like most Silicon Valley companies love, we, we had a quick pivot and then uh, we decided to license the technology from a scalability standpoint versus continue to sell cars. Awesome. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about the pivot that I think we've all experienced recently. And I'm sure you've listened to a a thousand podcasts where they talk about COVID and the impact on your business, but especially with the car industry and and people being quarantined, not being able to leave their homes. How have you guys seen that shift run out right now with Roadster? And and what has that impact been to you and your sales team? Yeah, it's it's quite simple. Um, You know, we sell our technology, not necessarily to a consumer, right? We sell it to car dealerships. And therefore, it's, it's a legacy business. Car dealerships weren't known as the most progressive verticals in, in industry, but they're, they're certainly coming around. So if you were to take the typical adoption curve of technology, what we've seen over the last three months is, is a contraction of that adoption curve. We've taken out about a year and a half of the typical quote-unquote adoption curve simply because of 
force, you know, the blunt approach that is needed when 90% of the country's in stay in place and you can't really move around very much. And that impact is, has certainly been seen on us. We're, we're a lean startup organization. We, we like it that way. But when you are dealing with all of the, the idiosyncrasies, the unfortunate news, keeping in mind the fact that we're, we're talking about a global pandemic and then it's repercussions from an economic standpoint, there's a lot of uncertainties. And so we hunkered down and we were conservative, we were strategic and being the type of company we are, we were very iterative and had to, you know, a very direct example is instead of going out and launching dealerships for a couple of days with adopting the technology, we moved everything to a remote onboarding and do everything via Zoom. So there's some, there's some silver linings from what we have learned from this, certainly. Yeah. And I'm really curious to double click on that, especially as most of the people probably listening to this are in the sales space, whether leaders or, or individual contributors, how has your sales team been impacted? I'm assuming that most of them may, whether they were field sales, like you talk about the legacy business, maybe moving inside and going remote. How have you changed how you're talking to your prospects, how you're pitching them, how you're closing deals? Has that has that been kind of contracted as well with whether a shorter sales cycle or just um, just a big big pivot and big change there? Yep, absolutely. I mean, I think we were certainly set up for that as a, as a commerce platform that is digitizing the automotive industry. And we, we really sell our technology on three things, efficiency, engagement, and satisfaction. But we have to live that ourselves, right? So we weren't heavy uh, in the automotive industry of what we call donut droppers, right? That's a term I don't know if it's used in other industries, but that's, that's the, the, the relationship-based salesperson who basically moves from product to product and just goes into the dealership and says, hey, now I'm working for X company. Now I'm working for Y company. So buy from me because you know me. So we call them donut droppers. And, and we're the antithesis. I'm stealing of that, by the way. I've never heard of it, <laughs> but I'm going to use it from now on. Well, you know, listen, medical sales, car sales, they come in and they bring in coffee and donuts until they call them donut droppers. So we're, we're not, we're not that org. We never were that org. We were much more value-based selling. Um, we weren't spray and pray. We, we certainly did a lot of building a brand, evangelizing our story, letting some of the business come to us. So speaking of, look, I'm not going to pretend that we haven't uh, benefited from the scenario of the last three to four months. There has been a little bit of panic buying, no doubt. Again, our industry, car dealers, needed to be able to sell their products in a, uh, a, a much more fashionable, effective product usage, being e-commerce or digital retailing. So we've, we've really uh, created a, a stranglehold on, on that from a brand standpoint. We're, we're the largest one that is independent, that isn't tied to a large company. And so therefore, we were probably first on their, on their Rolodex of when they had to call. So when they did, we, we certainly addressed that market and, and, and our sales pace has increased. I mean, our, our days to sale has dropped dramatically. Our ability to onboard a dealership, integrate the technology, train them has dropped dramatically. It took us four to six weeks to do so. We're doing this in 10 to 15 days now. Um, wow. So there's been fundamental shifts in what we've done. Now, has it been done the exact same way? Of course not. I think that's a, a foolish expectation, right? As much as I just made fun of people who walk into dealerships and build relationships, we still believe it's important, but we don't think that that's the primary sales uh, fundamental. Yeah, definitely. It's funny you think about sales methodology and Jordan Belfort being one of the biggest people out there thinks that they have to love you to buy your product, which I think to your point, as opposed from spraying and praying, it's more that value-based selling that they may not even love you as a person, but if you're bringing strong value to the company, that's what's going to have to gravitate towards you and your company and your product. Yeah. If, if you can evangelize your product the right way and they don't hate you, you could probably do business together, right? Ultimately, if both entities find WIFMs or what's in it for you, the dealer's going to partner with you if they know you're worth the money, if you overexceed the value, 
And, and if they like you, right, they, they do need to like you because they have choices and they yeah. have to work with you. You're building a partnership. Love's a strong word, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. I, one of the things you talked about, and I, I definitely want to spend the next couple of minutes on this, is, is really building that value and not the spraying and praying mentality, but really working individual and, and building value. And I, I know you're a big story guy, right? You love kind of pitching stories and talking about the value and talking about the why people do things. How do you kind of relay that to your sales team? And, and what methodology do you use to kind of guide their focus in terms of value-based selling? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think we've used the term in the past, uh, story numbers story. It's interesting. We, we get most of our businesses through inbound leads. Uh, product is organically evangelized or other dealerships are doing as they neighbor. And when we get those, I think we believe in the story numbers story. So somebody is sending a lead to you or someone's reaching out to you to understand what your product does. You got to kind of respond in kind. You got to make sure that you understand exactly why they reached out to you. What are you looking to accomplish? What is it that we can help you with because you reached out to us? So, so they're effectively almost telling you a story. In kind, you've got to return with a response to their, their hurts or their pain points, right? If they're looking to become more efficient because they just see inefficiencies in their business, then let's go use our data points and our stories and best practices to bring value to that efficiency. So I think that's simple, right? When they tell you why they're calling you and what they're looking for, you've got to be able to listen to their story, provide some numbers, and then wrap that story back up, right? Because all of us on this call or anyone that's listening has probably listened to a pitch many times before or has been pitching. And ultimately, statistics get thrown around a little loosey-goosey and willy-nilly, right? And most humans can't absorb more than two or three statistics and, and, and be able to make a business decision based off that. So they've got to be bought into what you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're doing it. Then you've got to give them some evidence points. And that's kind of where the numbers come in. And then you've got to wrap it up with, this works for these individuals. We believe it's going to work with for you and then you know wrap it up with the why with the support side of it when we get inquiries or we're making a little bit more of a push to to provide our product we kind of go back to those tenants of what we sell again our industry the automotive industry does a lot of kitschy stuff sometimes where they just tell you we're going to sell you more cars or we're going to sell you more widgets or we just want to sell more and and we try to take the narrative away because we have fundamentally from day one said, look, this isn't about selling more XYZ product because ultimately uh, selling more is, is, is somewhat easily achieved, right? If you're in a lead-based business, go buy more leads. And based on the close rate that you have, you can achieve quote unquote more sales. You yeah. might've spent more money. You became more inefficient. Uh, you might've pissed off more customers, but you actually sold more. So we always talk about it. We're more inclined to bring the value around. Let's get more people engaged in the sales process. Let's make this entire process more efficient for a customer and a salesperson. And then let's make sure there's high levels of satisfaction for you at the dealership using our technology and for you as a customer using the technology. If you land all of those value propositions, then you might sell more. You might steal some market share. You might conquest, but that's a byproduct Ultimately, I think if people are more efficient, they have higher levels of engagement, and there's higher levels of satisfaction, you're going to save money, you're going to be better, you probably sell, quote unquote, more. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think especially with the product that you guys have, it's essentially telling another story of that consumer that's coming in and maybe doesn't have the time or the energy or the mental focus to go into many different dealerships. And especially now, with the story of COVID and people being quarantined, they're online searching for cars. And this creates kind of that story of, of car buying and it's completely shifting. So I think it's, if you start with that story, you know, for going from you guys to the prospect, from the prospect to their prospects, it makes a lot of sense. 
So I really appreciate that. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's two sides of the coin. We have to make sure that we're solving for the end consumer, but ultimately we're selling to uh, car dealers who are our customers. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I completely get it. So I guess the one thing I, uh, I'll leave us with and the one last question here is, is where do you see the next, I guess, three to six months? How do you guys see, I know you feel like you've been kind of contracted from this and the adoption curve has been quickly thrust upon you. How do you see the next six months playing out for you guys there at Roadster? Yeah. Um, six months is hard to plan for right now, as you can imagine for most people in the world, yep. right? It's um, a loaded question. <laughs> as business people, I think we can plan strategy for three months, six months, a year, year and a half. I usually say, I don't know. A, I don't plan much past a year and a half to two years because it's, it's unwise. But in this day and age, when you're mixing in a, you know, almost global depression and then a pandemic, it's difficult. But what I can tell you very simply what we're doing, and hopefully that gives some, uh, some enlightenment to, to yep. the audience here. But look, as, as I mentioned, our business increased several fold. I mean, we have, we've been fortunate to be in a good position. I think where we're focusing our efforts now is making sure that uh, these dealerships that enrolled or are utilizing our software, that we're going out and bringing that value back to them for what they enrolled in, right? Many of these dealerships, uh, we want to make sure that they are squeezing more juice out of the lemon. You signed up with us because possibly it was somewhat of a panic move. Possibly we, we garnered your attention and built a good brand, but ultimately you knew you needed this. This just accelerated your decision-making process. Now we want to go back in and validate your decision-making process. So we're essentially letting them play with the platform, use the tool. Now it's going back and again, I'm using it again to go back and squeeze more juice out of the lemon. How do you become a prolific user? How do you gain more value? How do you become a super user of this technology and then start uh, dictating the, the use cases. So I'll use one more quick example. Our technology can be used solely online on a dealership's website. Our technology can be used solely in the dealership as a presentation platform and as a tool. Or for the most part, it needs to be used in a hybrid format. And I think what we want to do is making sure that the dealer continues to use this thing to its utmost value, right? We use this example all the time. You, you can, you can you take, a, pick, take an iPhone and... Uh, you can use iPhone just to make phone calls if you want to, and you're going to be absolutely fine. You can use the iPhone just to text it. That's fine too. You can use it just to surf the internet, use it for apps, check your health status, make sure it saves you from an earthquake. So there's many, many things you can do with the technology. It's our job to continuously bring those best practices to you and build a partnership so that you can use it more and more and gain ultimate value uh, out of something that you're paying us for. Yeah, I think that it's really smart and you hit on something there that's going to be crucial for a lot of businesses right now that are, are trying to kind of play catch up and, and they're, you know, getting their product out there. It's that checking back in with them three to six months to make sure they're utilizing it to its full potential. And I'm sure you're going to be teaching a lot of your prospects about things that they didn't know existed in about three or six months. So that's got to be exciting for you guys as well. No doubt. Awesome. Well, I know that kind of brings us to our time here. So uh, once again, I wanted to thank you so much for joining us. For those that kind of caught maybe in the middle or started at the beginning, um, this is Amit Chandarana. He's the SVP of sales and business development over at Roadster. My name is Sean Gentry, one of the sales leaders here at Outreach. This has been the Sales Engagement Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. This was another episode of the Sales Engagement Podcast. Join us at salesengagement.com for new episodes, resources, and the book on sales engagement now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. To get the most out of your sales engagement strategy, make sure to check out Outreach, the leading sales engagement platform. See you on the next episode.